Welcome to the Miracle Channel podcast. Every week, you'll hear powerful messages from world-renowned pastors that air on Miracle Channel, Canada's 24-7 Christian TV station. And if you want to watch more of their messages anytime you want, check out our online streaming service, Corco Plus. Follow the link in our show notes to create a free account in three simple steps. Today on the podcast, you'll hear a message from Brian Houston. As global senior pastor of Hillsong Church, Brian has two passions. One is to build the church of Jesus, and the other is to help people fulfill their God-given potential. Anytime you listen to him, you'll be encouraged that wherever you are or whatever you're going through, the best is yet to come. You can watch Brian Houston Sundays on Miracle Channel at 1.30 p.m. Mountain Time. And now, Brian Houston will share how God adds his supernatural power to our natural ability and causes unusual miracles to happen. Let's dive into the message. Well, hi, I'm Brian Houston from Hillsong Church. I want to talk to you about unusual miracles. My expectation of God is for the unusual, the extraordinary, the rare, the once-in-a-lifetime type stuff. Sadly, I think a lot of religion, their view of God and the way He works in the 21st century is one where it's more like ritual or routine, regular, one of the common, the normal, the ordinary, the expected. But there is nothing normal about the way that God works. Right from the beginnings of Scripture in the Old Testament, God did the most unusual, extraordinary miracles. I mean, when Moses was taking people into the deliverance out of Egypt and toward a promised land, what God did was unusual. Of course, He caused the cedar stand up like walls so that the people could go through and find their way toward freedom. That's not normal. If that were to happen today, believe me, it would be on the front page of the New York Times. And of course, not only that, but when people were coming into their inheritance, he had them marching seven times around a city, then shouting, it's not normal, but an impregnable city was overcome. God is a God of the unusual. Hey, there was even a day when he caused the sun to stand still for an entire day. I mean, it didn't move for an entire day. And in Joshua chapter 10, verse 14, it talks about it. It says, there has been no day like that before it or after it. So it wasn't just once in a lifetime day, it was a once in a history making day. You know, I believe for you, for God to do unusual miracles. I don't know what areas of your life you need a miracle, but I do know God can surprise you. Unusual doesn't mean weird or odd. In this sense, the Greek word translated unusual in the New Testament is literally one of the uncommon, the unique, the rare, the extraordinary. Acts chapter 19 verse 11 talked about Paul and says, now God worked unusual miracles through the hands of Paul. And I believe God can work unusual miracles through your hands. He can use you to bring the unusual, the surprising, the extraordinary. You know, Jesus, when He walked on earth, there was nothing usual about the way He worked. I mean, some of His miracles are almost alarming. They're so unusual. The time in Mark chapter 7, verse 33, when He came across a deaf man, and what did He do? He put His fingers in His ears, He spat, 
He touched his tongue and the man was healed. That is unusual. John chapter 9, verse 6, he came across a boy who was blind since birth. He had never seen. And what does Jesus do? Again, he spits on the ground and makes mud out of it and he robs it into the boy's eyes. Now that is unusual. I mean, if I were to do that to you today, believe me, it would be unusual. So I do believe that God does the most unique, the most surprising, the most supernatural things. We often need God to work in our lives, but we're looking for the normal. We're looking for the ordinary. What an amazing thing when God surprises us with the extraordinary. I mentioned Acts chapter 19, where it says, now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. Let me paraphrase Acts chapter 19 so that you can get a little bit of the picture. It was actually in Ephesus, and Ephesus was a city full of magicians, full of philosophers, full of every kind of religious obsession you can even imagine. People had a fixation with the supernatural. And so it's into that environment that Paul comes. And I don't know how many believers in Jesus there were at that time in Ephesus, but Paul finds just 12. Apollos, one of his colleagues, had gone there first. And so he found 12 who were like disciples, if you like, of Apollos. So Paul asked them if they knew about the Holy Spirit. And they said they didn't know. They said they knew the baptism of John. In other words, Apollos had talked to them about being baptized in water, but they didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit. Well, what does Paul do? He goes into the synagogue and the Bible says he preached boldly. I guess he started talking about the Holy Spirit, talking about Jesus. And for three months, he started with just those 12 maybe discouraged disciples. They're amongst all of this mishmash of magic and philosophy and religion. And so he starts talking with 12. And after three months, he gets put out of the synagogue. So then he rents a little school hall. It's all in the scripture. It was called the school of Tyrannus, which literally means the school of the sovereign Lord. So now he rents the school hall. That's kind of how our church started. And many churches start, many moves of God start, just perhaps in a little hall somewhere. He goes in there and again, he starts talking to them about the sovereign Lord. He starts preaching Jesus. And the scripture says after two years, every Jew and every Greek in the entire then known world heard about what God was doing in Ephesus. It went from 12 to everyone having heard. And the unusual miracle part was that people would bring handkerchiefs and cloths to, to Paul and he would lay his hand on them. The people would take them back to sick and diseased people, lay them on their bodies and they'd be miraculously healed. So it was unusual. Today, God still does unusual miracles. Don't underestimate what God can do. The Bible talks about Moses, says Moses was an unusual child. It's Hebrews 11 verse 23. Let me read it to you. It says, It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child, and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. Just keep a hold of that. They weren't afraid to disobey an evil king's command. They knew there was something special. They knew there was something unique. They knew there was something unusual about their child. I wonder how many of you have got an unusual child. I mean, they're just different. I mean it in the most lovable way, but they're just unique. Maybe they're the one who has caused your prayer life 
the greatest angst. Maybe they're the one who has kept you up at night praying for them. Well, you know, unusual children. I've learned to never underestimate what God can do with your unusual child. My wife and I have got six grandchildren. The seventh one is on the way. My son, Ben, and his wife, Lucille, they live in Los Angeles. They're lead pastors of Hillsong, Los Angeles. They've got three daughters currently and a little boy coming. But their middle child, Lexi, she is just an unusual child. You gotta love her. She is amazing, but she is just unique. We had a consultant come into our church and he was helping our team, uh, some of our key team. He was actually helping us to understand each other better and so that we could even work together better still. So it was great. He's also a psychologist. So I had one-on-one -on -one time with him. And so this is what he says to me after talking to me for just a few moments. He said, Brian, if you were a child today, you would definitely be diagnosed as ADHD. But then he said, but as an adult, we call that an entrepreneur. <laughs> well, I'm not an entrepreneur, I'm a pastor, but I kind of like the encouragement anyway, because the reality is God can do amazing things with a unique child. Moses, the scripture says, was an unusual child. His name actually means to be drawn out from the waters because that's the story. When the evil king, the Pharaoh, wanted to kill all Hebrew children, well, his parents weren't afraid to disobey the king's command. And so he was drawn out from the waters. And you think about his future. You think about what God had for him. You think about the fact that he would literally bring deliverance from the people from the Red Sea drawn out, delivered from the waters. It's amazing. Do you know the Red Sea, apparently? If you were to go to the Red Sea, it actually drops straight down hundreds of feet, then goes across something like 23 miles, and then it's hundred and hundreds of feet again up the other side. So they say at that place where Moses would have led the children of Israel through the Red Sea, there's a spine, a natural spine in the earth, a topography at the bottom of the ocean. And so it means that when the waters parted, that they were able to make their way through and down uh, with a natural progression. Obviously, it was still well, well below the surface of the ocean, but it just means that they didn't jump off cliffs because God knew about what He had for Moses, even in creation. I believe even creation can serve God's unusual purposes in your life. Because Moses' parents had an unusual child, they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. Listen to this, I think it's amazing. For us to see God's unique, unusual miracles in our lives, sometimes we have to be prepared to paint outside of the lions. Moses' parents clearly had to be prepared to paint outside of the lions because that's why they hid their child there on the side of the river in the bulrushes. What does that mean? Let me tell you this story, it's kind of fascinating to me. I was preaching in England and I was preaching for a church called Holy Trinity Brompton. It's a church that's very well known because of the Alpha courses that have emanated from there. These Alpha courses have literally led millions to Christ around the globe. And so it's that church and they have a country retreat. It's kind of out in the English countryside in summer and there's a huge, huge tent or marquee which is set up as a meeting place and there's thousands of people. So I'm preaching in that marquee in the summer in England. And when I was finished, I, I went to go out 
to the area backstage and there's a guy waiting there for me. He says, Pastor Brian, do you mind if I talk to you for a moment? I didn't know him at all. He says, I have a word for you. I have to confess, I was maybe even a little cynical about this word, but he began to talk to me of all things about the process of winemaking in Australia. He began to compare old world winemaking countries like France and Italy and Spain versus new world winemaking countries like Australia. So anyway, this is what he says. He says, when Australians started making wine, they broke all the rules. The old world winemaking countries, so very deliberate and intentional about every part of the process. The old oak wooden vats and everything else you can imagine all the way through the process of making wine. He said, but the Australians, they broke all the rules. For a start, they often use uh, metal vats instead of the old oak vats and just so many things about the type, the way Australians make wine break all the rules. So he said the old world established wine making countries kind of looked down their nose and wrote off the new world wines, specifically Australian wines. But this is what he said. He said Australian red wine is apparently extremely consistent. So he said, today people come from all around the world to Australia to observe the way that they make red wine. Then he said, that's Hillsong. He said, Hillsong in so many ways has broken the rules. Maybe it's with the contemporary worship or some of the other things that have been innovative related to services and even sometimes the aesthetics of lights and backdrops and so many things that create atmosphere and make the room warm for people all the way through to multiple services or rather multiple campuses. The truth is that in 1999, when we first had our second campus in Australia, we went from being a one congregation church to not only having multiple services, but having two campuses. Well, do you know, that's not so many years ago, and yet I didn't know even one role model to follow. I'm not saying perhaps there wasn't anyone else, but in those days, there weren't any real models of multi-campus or multi-site church. And so it broke the rules. And so I can think of so many other ways that maybe that is true. He said at first, he said the old established maybe denominations kind of looked down their nose a little bit at Hillsong. But he said today, people come from all around the world to Australia to observe the way you worship, to observe the way that you do church. And of course, it's true. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of people every year who make the journey, make the pilgrimage to Sydney in Australia for Bobby's Colour Conference or for the Hillsong Conference or just to be part of church in a weekend or sometimes midweek to be with our staff and team. Today, people come from all around the world. He's encouraging me never to change. But the big point is this. If you want to see God's unusual miracles in your life, sometimes you have to just paint outside of the lines. I'm never encouraging anyone to be independent or to be unteachable or just to do your own thing. But we also have to understand that nothing significant that's brought influence has ever come from just doing things the way they've ever been done. Like what you hear? You can watch more messages from Brian Houston on Corco Plus. Miracle Channel's streaming service. Corco Plus has thousands of ministry programs in the Christian Living section. Every week, we take your favorite speakers and curate messages into topic-based playlists. You could watch a playlist on prosperity, miracles, or favor, and hear hand-picked messages from speakers like Leon Fontaine, 
Christine Kane, James Levesque, and so on. Go to Corco.com to sign up for your free account in three simple steps. That's C-O-R-C-O.com. There's no better place to find topic-based teaching than Corco Plus, its Miracle Channel, and more. Sign up for your free account on Corco Plus. Moses was an unusual child. In Exodus chapter 35, it talks about the interior designers right back in the tabernacle in the early days of the Old Testament. I want to read you the scripture because these guys, the Bible describes as having unusual skills. Exodus chapter 35, verse 35, it says, And God has filled these interior designers, these artisans, with unusual skills as jewelers, carpenters, embroidery designers in blue, purple, and scarlet on linen backgrounds, and as weavers, they excel in all the crafts we will be needing for the work. Another verse right there, verse 31, says that he has filled him, one of these interior designers, with the Spirit of God in wisdom and understanding, in knowledge and in all manner of workmanship. So hear that? Their workmanship came from the Spirit of God. God gave them unusual skill. Unusual is uncanny. It's unique. It's not normal. It is supernatural. These designers, God gave them this incredible ability when it came to their work. Listen, I believe today, no matter what area of life that you are working in or what particular area it is that you want to see God use your own hands and use your own gift and use your talent, what I do know is what God can do is give you unusual skill. That's supernatural skill. This is something that goes well beyond yourself. This is the kind of skill that maybe comes from one God-given idea, one God-given opportunity. And so believe me, if you're a business person and God gives you unusual skill, it's gonna put you one step ahead of the game. That's the amazing thing about the Lord. He can do that for us. He can put His supernatural power on our capacity. He can give us unusual skill. My friend in Singapore has a great, great church. And in that church, he tells the story of an architect. This architect was commissioned to make a swimming pool. Well, that doesn't sound too hard to me. I mean, a swimming pool, you dig a hole in the ground, you put some concrete in there, you have some pipes that help with filters or whatever, you fill it with water and kabang, there you go. You got a swimming pool, but this pool was very, very different. I wanna show you the swimming pool because this architect believes that God gave him the plans. He believes God gave him what is a unique and an unusual design. If you look at this picture that now is on your screen, you'll see exactly what I mean. Those three towers are a hotel right down in the heart of Singapore and I think maybe a casino, but the important thing is if you look right across the top, that is the swimming pool. Multiple, multiple stories up in the air. God gave him the plans. In other words, God gave him unusual skill. I've heard that today, that pool or the concept, or if you like, the science or technology behind it is being copied in Shanghai and China and in other parts of the world. Unusual capacity, unusual skill. That's what I believe God can give you when sometimes we don't know how it can be done, how God could possibly make it happen. God can give you 
that kind of unusual skill that he gave these artisans in the building of the tabernacle. When it comes to Daniel, the scripture talks about unusual aptitude. Daniel, of course, and his friends, they were bright young leaders in Israel and in Jerusalem. And of course, Babylon uh, had overtaken um, Jerusalem. The temple had been burned, the city had been captured. And many of these young leaders were marched against their will to a foreign culture with a foreign language, with foreign literature. And I want you to hear what the Bible says about Daniel and his friends. Daniel 1 verse 17, it says, God gave these four young men an unusual aptitude for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom. And God gave Daniel the special ability, notice, special ability to interpret the meanings of visions and dreams. God gave them an unusual aptitude for literature. Literature is written works and specifically written works of superior or lasting artistic merit. And so these people, they're in this foreign culture, foreign language, foreign literature, and yet God gave them this unusual capacity to grasp what perhaps naturally would be so difficult to grasp. Not only can God give you unusual skills, He can give you this unusual aptitude, this ability to somehow grasp the ungraspable. I don't know if you've ever started a new job and your mind's just racing with all the information and all the things you have to learn. You don't know how you're ever going to be able to grasp it, but God can give you an unusual aptitude, maybe studying at school and you don't know how you could ever grasp these mathematical concepts, but God can give you an unusual aptitude. You see, God is a God of unusual miracles. He's a God who can take someone like Moses and cause him to be an unusual, a unique, a special child. He's the God who can take you with your craft, with maybe your business or your endeavors, and he can give you unusual skill, just like he can give you unusual aptitude, the capacity to have the supernatural ability to grasp concepts or grasp things that will help set you up for all God's got for you. Hey, I love the fact the Bible talks about Joseph and says God gave him unusual wisdom. And it was that unusual wisdom that led to promotion in Joseph's life. It was that unusual wisdom that gave him promotion and gave him the ability to see his dream come true. So let's think about that unusual wisdom. To me, unusual wisdom is not just natural wisdom. Maybe it's not even just normal godly wisdom. This is like this unique, almost freaky, unusual wisdom where you know things you couldn't possibly have known, where you grasp things you perhaps couldn't possibly have grasped. Unusual wisdom. Sometimes in life, we don't know which way to turn. It seems like no matter what we say, there just doesn't seem to be a right answer. There doesn't seem to be right words. I love the fact that Jesus, obviously, He is wisdom. And so He had this unusual wisdom on His life. And the Pharisees, they would try to trap Him. They would try to trap Him by asking Him questions about the law, asking Him questions which naturally perhaps there was no answer. But Jesus, in that godly wisdom, he was able to sometimes give an even better question. He would answer a question with a much better question and leave them confounded, leave them stumped. Unusual wisdom, unique, uncanny wisdom, where in life sometimes it seems there is no right decision, but God can give you this unusual wisdom. 
There's also a gatekeeper in the Old Testament called Zechariah. The scripture says the same thing about him. It says he had unusual wisdom. If I were to read it to you, it's 1 Chronicles chapter 26, verse 14. And it talks about the North Gate, which was assigned to Zechariah, a man of unusual wisdom. I think about that. I think about the fact he was a gatekeeper. As a gatekeeper, you decide who comes into the gate and who is kept out of the gate. You decide what comes in and what's kept out. And so Zachariah as a gatekeeper had unusual wisdom. You know, if I think about young people, I pray you can have that kind of unusual wisdom that protects your own future. You know who to let into your life, you know who to keep out of your life. You know what to let into your life and what to keep out of your life because what God has for you is far too important for it to be diminished or to be wasted by having the wrong people in your life or having all the wrong things in your life. Unusual wisdom. Well, as a man called Zadok, God gave him unusual courage. Paul, we know God gave him unusual miracles. I believe God wants to work in the unusual, not the normal, not the routine, not the regular or the ritual, not the common, not the ordinary, but he wants to do something unusual. Galatians chapter 4, 23. It's talking about Abraham and how, of course, he took things into his own hands and he had a child through his servant, through Hagar. And this is what the Bible says in Galatians 4, verse 23. It says, there's nothing unusual about the birth of the slave wife's baby, but the baby of the freeborn wife was born only after God had especially promised he would come. Nothing unusual about what was established in the natural. When Abraham took things into his own hands and there was a child, there's nothing unusual, nothing out of the ordinary about that child. But the child of the freeborn wife came only after God had especially promised he would come. In other words, it was miraculous. It was supernatural. It was unusual. What areas of your life do you need to believe God for a miracle? And I wonder if you have this expectation that God, He not only can answer your prayer, but He can do it in the most surprising, extraordinary, unusual ways. He loves you. He is for you. He is on your side. And I do believe that even today, God can do something so unusual, not weird or odd, not just something that is ordinary and a little strange, no, unusual as in it is so supernaturally unique, so supernaturally surprising, you can only say to God, be the glory. God bless you. Let's believe together for God's unusual miracles in our lives. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to hear more great messages from inspiring teachers like Brian Houston. Rate this podcast and write a review if you haven't already. And share this message so others can be encouraged by this teaching too. So subscribe, rate, review, and share. We hope you were inspired by today's message. God bless.